A professionally wrestling podcast where a bunch of marks discuss pro wrestling, where everything's a work and none of our opinions matter anyway. Firstly, I'd like to introduce my man, the one that's held it down for the longest, the newest dad of the group. Uh, not true, Tyler's new, but it's fine. That's Big Papa C. That's my man, Cortland. What's up? What's up? I'd like to get it out the way that the tag team partner that typically sits with Cortland uh, has left us uh, for this week. Um, on to bigger and better things. Next week, you're going to have to see a new side of Patty Mills. Uh, he has moved on to Pinball Patty. Uh, can't wait to discuss that with you guys next week. With that being said, I'd like to say hey to my man, the Cadillac Cowboy. That's Ethan. Well, I guess I've got a new rival. His name is Pinball Patty. I thought you were going to say Am I going to have to change my nickname now? The Cadillac Cowboy versus Pinball Patty. I need a new new persona now. I really thought you were going to say Doug Furness, but... Uh, That would have been... I'd have to... We'd log off. We'd be over in minutes. In five. (laughs) In five. In five. Then, of course, the curator of the podcast, the man behind it all at Up and Over... The man rocking the Up and Over merch that you can get at upandoverpodcast.com. The man streaming from his living room that looks like a guest bedroom. Old Casey, El Gordo Gringo. I really feel like I need a whistle because I just feel like Bill Alfonso with all of the merch. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of merch, uh, Casey was a sweet angel and sent me some stuff in the mail. Uh, For those that don't know, Ethan and I live rather close together, so he sent one package as you know, a collective. I got Ethan's uh, up and over coffee mug. Looks great. Looks beautiful. Not a big deal. Uh, Just like me. Looks great. Uh, That's mine. Uh, It's just missing a handle. Um, You don't know how difficult it is being Mike Klinsky. A broken Um, mug for a broken man. For a broken man. man. Uh, Tough, tough life to live. Uh, Before we dive in, Cortland, I know that you're, you're, chomping at the bit here to get to uh the news of the week i just want to say uh for this week a special shout out to one person and one person only the man that can only be known by one name one syllable ralph we (laughs) casey ethan and i had a waffle house trip a few nights ago and ralph ralph was our cook 
at Waffle. That is news. I'm going to drink out of my coffee. Give me one second, fellas. The news in wrestling week with a man we met at Waffle House who said the words, she had a big old ass on her. Yeah. (laughs) Let's keep it PG, bud. Ralph, um, Ethan and I were eating our hash browns. Uh, Ethan had a biscuit, and I had uh, we we had something else in that plate, eggs. And uh, we're just sitting there eating our 2 a.m. meal, 3 a.m. meal, just minding our own business. And Ralph is hollering at the other cook, uh, just yelling. Eventually, it's just the three of us in there. The other two people that were in working for Waffle House leave. And it's just Ralph, Ethan, and I sitting there. And Ralph walks over, and Ethan, what does he say to us? You boys been out on the town tonight? Ralph then discusses uh, in very graphic detail, uh, and Casey and Cortland were there on Discord. I just told them to not say anything. Um, In graphic detail about uh, meeting a lady at a bar, waking up in her house, realizing that she didn't look the way that he expected her to look, and so he stole her boombox to be used as trade bait to get him a car ride home. Um, to say to say that Ralph is an anomaly is to sell him short. So I just want to dedicate this week's podcast to, I don't know, over under 78-year-old wine cook at Waffle House Ralph. Uh, just wanted to give him a quick shout out. With that out of the way, Cortland. What do we have this week in the news of the professional wrestling world? Well, in the last two days, we got a whole bunch of stuff that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, first one that I just saw moments ago is that 205 Live is being took out to behind the shit, and, uh, which really sucks because I've enjoyed the Cruiserweight division, um, especially as it began, obviously, in the Cruiserweight Classic for, for uh, WWE. I thought that Triple H and few others had a really good hold on it, but um, we just watched it die over a very, very slow and long death. Um, and it's sad to see it go, but the Cruiserweight title has now been unified with the North American Championship, and we're just going to move on acting like it never happened. Um, and that sucks. Uh, Casey, what did you say that it's being replaced with? So, like, there was... Cause it, since they're doing the NXT like tapings and everything right now, someone noticed like one of the uh, ring skirts had like level up on it, like, and it was completely different from all the other ones. So they're like, maybe it's a new show. We don't really it's know. It's being renamed to NXT Level Up. Is it what changes it's be go now? into Good effect Lord. immediately? Also, so, I just wanted oh, just to well, be there. It's going to be dark elevation. I wasn't going to say it, Cortland, but you Ooh. did. I just, I just want to still throw out there that main event Level is still up, a show. Elevation. Like, main event on. is still a show. How the fuck did did two hundred five not beat out main event as a show option? Is, is Superstar still a show? I fucking hope not. I don't think did, so. Did they kill Superstars? I feel like they've had to, dude. At this point, when did they when did they uh, tape Superstars? As, probably before SmackDown, and the main event was, was taped was raw. Yeah, I just uh, good lord. Yeah, yeah, that's it's been dead for like six years. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. <laughs> much um, don't search Level Up on Twitter, y'all. 
It's is it that bad? bad? I don't want to say what I just saw. I saw it. Never mind. I can't even say it. There was just... some graphic content. When I oh, saw no. Not so, buddy, use work. NXT yeah. level up, brother. The reason Jesus. I searched level up, though, is because there's actually a wrestling school or promotion in San Diego called Level Up Professional Wrestling. And some people were talking about it. I just thought it was interesting. Hmm. Okay. So what day does does NXT level up air, or does it just go head to head on YouTube? I, I was gonna say goes live on Twitch. Um, <laughs> impact on Twitch. Hey, level hey, back up. Like, like, you leave Impact alone. <laughs> They're trying. Good lord. Um, right, the biggest back. news of the week what broke today, Casey. That's gonna say. I was like NXT level up on Facebook gaming, but I think like I got that <laughs> reference. Level up exclusively on the pro wrestling Roku. Oh my god! Um, the biggest news of the day of today being uh, the fifteenth, which is a Tuesday. Um, Cody Rhodes and AEW have officially parted ways, as well as Brandy Rhodes, uh, the Rhodes family. I would say without no, no Cody and. Brandy. Dustin said he's staying forever. Uh, Cody and Brandy Rhodes and AEW have mutually parted ways. Um, there was a like, report that came out from Sean Ross Sapp, I think a f- month ago now, that uh, Cody was just working on a handshake deal. And mm-hmm. it looks like that was pretty true. They couldn't come to terms on uh, a new agreement. And uh, they both kind of released like their typical, I'm out of here kind of presser. Um Feelings on that and feelings on the news that apparently he is working on a deal to get back into WWE. I mean, I was just going to say first thing first before anyone drops an opinion before I say my opinion. Do y'all think a lot of people, when I tweeted about it, I got four or five it's a work tweets in response. The amount of people that are like, don't, don't shoot yourself into a work like they're like everyone's just like nope it's not real and i'm like the press releases were fucking made like that's a lot of that's a lot someone typed that shit out three times yeah it's <laughs> a lot of work so, yeah so if it's not a work and if it is whatever i mean none of us really we're all marks here so personally you know i'm not a big i'm cody's not one of my favorite wrestlers but He's an integral part of AEW and the foundation of it. And I think there's a spot for Cody in AEW for life because of that. Do I think it's what he's been doing the past six months? No. But do I wish he was still around in some capacity? Yeah. Do I want to see him back at WWE? Now, I don't know. Fuck it. Let's just see what happens. You know, it's going to be interesting. You know, do, am I chomping at the bit? Right. Stardust is going to return. Uh, I forgot who but, it is, I mean, but and I don't. I, I wish I can give them credit. I just do not remember. But someone was on Twitter was like, "You're trying to tell me that I had to sit through Brandy and fucking uh, what the fuck is his name? Paige Dan Brandon. Lambert. Dan, Dan Lambert, Lambert for no reason, <laughs> like for nothing, for like, literally <laughs> no reason. We all had to sit through dude, that. Thanks. Dude. But how great is it going to be that Dan Lambert says he ran the roads out of the business? Oh, it's going to be good shit. So <laughs> it's going to be great. God. I might laugh at Dan Lambert for once. <laughs> oh um, lord what was I going to say about that well here's the thing about Cody uh, going back to WWE if you want to be a baby face that's not where you go I think your best no. bet what's probably happening is if 
you want to be a baby face that bad man you step away for two years raise your kid have a good time do all the side shit that you've always wanted to do you made good money invest in a lot of places and then in two years return to aew and the world will fucking love you for at least two matches after that you're kind of on your own like you just got to work that shit out man i feel like WWE is gonna do exactly what he said WWE has always done to the roads they're gonna bring him in they're gonna slap gold on him and polka dots and streaks and just make them dance and that's what they've always done and it's not even like it's just happened for two generations. It happened for three. So like, it's going to repeat itself. It's going to repeat itself. I think going there, you're only, you're only working. I just, I just don't see why he would want to go back after all the stabs that are made on both sides. And like, yeah, all that shit's a work and everybody wants to do it for the money and shit. But like, what does it actually benefit Cody Rhodes going back to the company that left him in the first place? That not only shit on him, right? Like, kind of. It's didn't not give him even a like he left them. They left Cody in the dark and just left him in the past. And they just he, acted like none of them ever fucking existed. He was kind of one of the first that requested his release publicly. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just, it just feels I, I like just, 10 steps backwards for Cody Rhodes' legacy. Like, yeah. here's the thing. Cody will say, like, in his presser, I think he said it, you know, he's, like, leaving or being released or leaving WWE or whatever made me really find myself. And, you know, the Bucks pushed me to step out and be the leader and be the forefront guy. And so I'm like, I mean, I guess he maybe wants to go back to prove he can be a main event guy over there. But then at the same time, you you built your whole persona on smashing the throne and doing the this. And you did all that just so you could go back there and prove something to those people. And sure, maybe it's for the money, but, like, buddy like it's kind of corny you know if we're looking at it truthfully it's like you could it's just stay corny. with this thing you built and you got fucking cm Punk, and you got fucking brian daniels and you got all this shit like and somebody made a list on twitter too of all the people in AEW that he didn't even ever get to face i'm like buddy it's not like you've done nearly any everything you can do not that i want a bunch more cody matches but you know yeah. a lot was left why did you man. what's the fuck i mean i don't know i mean but i wouldn't mind him going somewhere like nwa and putting on a showcase for that promotion. He's definitely one of those, like, if you look at, like, a a 10 by 10 still shot of a world champion of NWA, Cody Rhodes fits that frame, you know, for, like, what that company has always, pu- like, pushed as their main talent. And, like, Cody would do a hell of a lot of good for NWA or Impact, for that matter. It's just, like, can you pay it? My thing is, if AEW can't pay it, who else can pay it besides WWE? That's well, it. maybe it's not, and um, maybe it's not all about the money thing. Maybe it's about creative. Cody wants control, and Nick the, and so Nick <laughs> Tony Khan doesn't want to give it to him. Well, because there was like a lot of reports that were coming out that like Tony kind of started pushing all yeah. those boys away and was like i'm just gonna go ahead and just take care of this now because and like you started to see a little bit more cohesion in a direction for everything and that might have yeah. pissed cody off a little bit and i mean i read too that cody and omega and the bucks there was kind of a dissension there as well yeah yeah i just feel Which like I'm... he was very uncomfortable being in aew i feel like he kind of pushed himself away from everybody and like, yeah, I mean, apparently, 
Go ahead, Court. I mean, even he's the only dude that came out of the middle of the fucking arena. You know what I mean? Like, you singled yourself out in every single thing you could do. You singled yourself out. Well, I think that's like the problem is like, was he, uh, was he a wrestler for AEW or was he supposed to be behind the scenes? And it's like, there was like never really a strong differentiation of the two. And I was like, yeah, like the, him coming out the middle almost kind of like solidified, like I am different. Yeah. Right. And apparently yeah. he, like he and Brandy both didn't get along with the locker room. Like he just didn't have good relationships. There. You know, it makes me wonder. I mean, when he first came in, everyone loved him and stuff. And then with the locker room rumors and stuff, I don't think Cody's a dick. But at the same time, you think about the majority of that locker room, they came from a total different background than Cody did. I'm just wondering if he got in there and, you know, he did make that company, but maybe it just turned into something that wasn't for him. Not saying one side's better than the other, but right. he probably can't relate to a lot of those guys in ways that they probably feel a certain way towards him. And it probably made this weird vibe of like, no one's outright going after one another, but they probably feel awkward, you know, mingling. You know what I mean? Well, like, look at, look at, he, he gets his release from WWE. He, like, writes his list that, like, becomes uber famous. But then it's like he's super prominent on ROH TV. He gets super prominent in New Japan and then does a couple of random indie spots and then is like, fuck it, I'm making my own promotion. And, like, no one else is able to fucking do that. <laughs> like, yeah, he didn't yeah. even get to, like, take, like, a year or two to, like, really kind of go and be in front of fucking no one, which, like, you know, it's, you don't really wish anyone to go through that. But, like, he went even, like, in his release, he's gone a completely opposite route than anyone else could even do. I just want to know if Fuego number two is still going to be around. Please, <sighs> I also just want to throw it out there because it made me laugh and it made Cortland laugh. There's a Twitter account called Vince Googling, and it just says neck tattoo removal for new signee. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Will Um, the Saudis like stardust in all caps? Oh, good lord. That's that's the last one. Did Cody quit TNA? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what a mess. Oh, good um, um, I, we had uh, an unfortunate death this week in, in pro wrestling. Uh, referee Mickey Henson, who re- was a referee for World Championship Wrestling from 1992 to 2001, and then most notably re- uh, refereed for uh, WWE from 2005 to 2009, passed away after a battle with COVID-19. Um, after he actually overcame uh, mantle cell lymphoma in 2008, he was given months to live, um, but he was able to beat it and then uh, died due to complications at the age of 59 uh, due to COVID. Uh, just a quick shout out to him and uh, love to his family. Absolutely. Anything else y'all want to add before we jump in? Was there anything else in the news? I can't. I can't think of it. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Rumored to come back for WrestleMania 38. Give me a uh, hell we no. were going to get by without talking about this. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Listen, I don't fully hate this exclusively because of who it's with. I still hate it. I, I would die for Kevin Owens, and I'm very excited for him. If I mean, it yeah, comes dude, to fruition. 
what a thing to put on your fucking mantle that you wrestled Stone Cold at WrestleMania. Pretty fucking When funny. everyone thought that would never, ever happen again, and it happens 20 years later. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's 57 years old. Um, <laughs> Why? Why are you getting back in the... Don't do it. But he wore two knee braces, like... Was 57 was literally shit. forced into retirement or face paralysis. And then they're and like, like, I don't want it to be a match. Years. It's fine. I don't want it to be a match of like two minutes long. That's just one Luthez press and stomps in a corner. And then he picks him up, flips him off. And we get a stunner. And then we get 15 minutes of him saluting around. And it burns a half hour of WrestleMania time. Like, yeah, it's cool and all, but, like, if I want to see Stone Cold wrestle WrestleMania, I want him to wrestle. I don't want him to have three spots and then fucking leave. Yep. I yep. can't think of Stone Cold Steve Austin in the year 2022 without seeing him in blue jeans and a cut-off ref t-shirt. Like, is he going to um, take a suplex? I, the only thing I want to see is a cannonball from Kevin Owens in the corner. That's what I was about to say. It can makes me fucking, so excited to think could about. Could you fathom? In your fucking brain, Stone Cold in a corner taking a fucking cannonball for Kevin. Yo, <laughs> can you think about Stone Cold taking a pop-up powerbomb? That's what I was about to say. But he oh. can no sell it like Sting, get up Stone Cold Stunner 15 times, call no, it a day. Hour-long match, no five selling. stars, baby. Here's this. The only way I want to see this match is if Stone Cold no-sells every fucking thing and just... Then calls out Goldberg. I'm sorry, I'm fucking... Fuck I'm, I'm getting way it's, out of it's hand. Ignorant. Ignorant. The, personal, the funniest part about... My personal thing is... Sorry, Casey. No, you're good. Go. I was just going to say, I just, I love Stone Cold, you know, but man, it's 2022, buddy. What's this going to benefit besides Kevin Owens' mantle? And I love fucking Kevin Owens, but I don't think he's going to blow up from this because they're not going to push him any further than they already have. It's, it's just, we're here, and they're just like, oh, we need a star. Let's give him this because we, for some reason, gave Kevin Owens the stunner, which I never understood anyway. Once again, I love Kevin Owens to death, but... Why is all the new stars getting all the old stars' moves? Should have just left him with the package pile driver. Not well, so my like, argument to fucking win. To to piggyback off of your point though, Ethan, like what side of it benefits him? Does him losing to Stone Cold benefit him, or does because he'll he'll be the biggest piece of shit if he beats Stone Cold? So I guess like that could he help should. him a little bit. That could. But, now, but the <laughs> question is, if you come back. I'm sorry, man. If you put Kevin Owens over Stone Cold and you don't give him a, him a mean-ass heel title run and try to solidify him, but my thing is, in my head, as a fan of Kevin Steen and Kevin Owens, they've already shown me that they don't view him as that top guy, so I can't get excited about the thought of it, honestly. And I love that fucking dude. Yeah. But I'm not going to believe, just straight up. I do not believe Kevin Owens should be beating Stone Cold. And I don't believe it if it would happen. There's no yeah. believability with Kevin Owens anymore because they don't make you believe. So, and on top of that, like I was going to say, is that, like, why would anyone, I feel like, shouldn't come back from retirement, especially past, like, 10 years, right? And you just go over a younger talent. It doesn't make sense. What, so that way you can be here for six fucking months while you kill someone else's entire career and all the momentum they've built for years? Like, it... It just doesn't make a whole so lot of sense. There is not enough money on the fucking planet to get a six-month run at a Stone Cold at this point. Well, <laughs> I'm using the example happening. of, like, yeah, I know. your Goldbergs. And yeah. I, I feel like the only exception 
who I feel like is the wrestler who has put a lot of wrestlers over by defeating them is Sting. I feel like every match that's had with Darby and Sting have all these tag matches have been great. Even the cinematic one. I thought was done really well. well that was, it made everyone look fucking that very was, cool. That 100%. was part of the part I was going to bring up is a lot of people were like, because oh, Jesus Christ, the amount of WWE fucking dick writers were strong when this news came out. And they were like, how can you fucking say that like Sting being like 56 and still wrestling is good, but then Stone Cold coming back is bad. They're like, it's kind of hypocritical. And I'm like, no, the fuck it's not. No. First of no. all, once again, Sting has never had an injury that forced him into retirement. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. honestly, out of all the promotions, has been relatively safe with himself to make sure he's not going to die. And then, yeah, he's in spots where like, even if he does beat someone, it's still they're good matches. And he doesn't just like squash fucking FTR or whoever it is like hmm. he works with them. Well, yeah. I mean, I got I'll make one last point about it. Before we move on, but like, uh, what does Stone Cold really benefit? Not benefit. Um, a massive check. Well, yeah, but like, what does he give to Kevin Owens? No, here's the thing. Okay, Stone Cold. I'm trying to. I'm trying to put this in words. People don't fucking hate me for this. Stone Cold is not a great wrestler. Okay. I'm sorry. He has a, he no, has you're a, not he has, no, he has a he very has specific moveset, and it set, works. Right? You don't want to see this small set of five standard moves by a 56-year-old, okay? I'm sorry. You don't want to see it. If there's like, you know, in 10 years, Jeff Hardy says, oh, I'm coming back. People are going to be like, oh, sick. I get to see a fucking six-year-old do a swanton. <laughs> That's crazy. Would be a They're going to watch it. What are they going to watch Stone Cold for? Oh, he's going to flip him off for sure and drink a beer. I can go down the street and see that. I can see yeah. the guy. In my yeah, we live in the Southeast, buddy. We live in Southeast America. And guess what else? We watched Kevin Owens do that stunner every damn week on television, and it's meant exactly. nothing every fucking time. I really it does nothing see, for me. I really want to see a 65-year-old do a whisper in the wind now. Oh, it's replaying in my head, and it's fucking hilarious. It. Just go watch any Ricky Morton fucking it. match. It's fine. All <laughs> uh, this is the last that I will say about it. WrestleMania is in Dallas Fort Worth area. That's five hours from Victoria, Texas, Stone Cold's hometown. Could you imagine Kevin Owens? <laughs> Kevin Owens is already building it. He posted on social media some shit like uh, Dallas and like Texas. There's nothing good about Texas. There's nothing some shit Hold like on. that. I need Kevin Owens to go out to the ring. I need him to start cutting a promo. And then it pans to camera in the parking lot. Giant Stone Cold truck. He gets out of the truck. He walks over to a Stone Cold golf cart. He goes all the way to the gorilla where there is a stone cold ATV waiting for him, and then he runs. <laughs> I'm like, if we're doing this, I need the most fucking insane stone cold shit possible. He's got stone the- cold Segway with fucking snow tires. He's got the guy. Just a mess. He's got the old timekeeper that they fucking fired on his back, shooting fucking beer cans up behind him so he can catch him and shit. I need this to be the most ludicrous shit possible. I want like an invasion Stone Cold, like pure heel Stone Cold. If I ever get him back, just the most obscure shit. Just like, what does my watch say? What? 
<laughs> just I just over feel and like over again. I just I'll feel it. like I'll eat that shit up. <laughs> Kevin Owens hitting a low blow on Stone Cold immediately and then hitting him with his fucking move set would be comical to watch. It'd be fucking crazy. Um, I will pay oh, money to watch Sto- Stone Cold do a package pile driver on Owens. I- <laughs> <laughs> was, and the only way this will be any good is if they did something crazy like that. But they won't. I'm sorry. I'm sour. I feel like I'm fucking talking about Doug Furnace all over again. Like, oh, I just don't man. feel good, dude. I don't feel good about this shit. <laughs> then, let's, then let's move on. <laughs> it don't oh. get no better. Goodness. Good God. We are all on social media over at, at Up and Over Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. From there, you can find all of our main social medias. If you have questions or want to like discuss this week's episode or last week's episode, feel free to message us. Uh, tweet at us, Instagram, DM us. We'd love to talk about it. Um, upandoverpod.com is where you can get merchandise that Casey is currently wearing, looking beautiful. Um, and Modeling his living room us, looks huh? like a guest bedroom. Uh, that is the hat. If you listen, Casey, I swear to God, if, if you stand up and you have a fanny pack on, I might pass out. I don't. Um, it, might be, it, it, might, it might be casually <laughs> the funniest thing that you could do. Uh, I don't have our fanny pack. I fucking, I messed up. You don't have nothing on under there, do you? Hats, shirts, long sleeves, uh, fanny packs, uh, still waiting on pit vipers to be available. Um, the dream is still alive. Um, One day. With that said, fellas, uh, this week's episode of the Up and Over podcast is ECW WrestlePalooza 1998, May 3rd, 1998, from the Cobb <laughs> County Civic Center in Marietta, Gosh. Georgia. We had 3,407 in attendance, and it was something like 2,900 that paid, and they comped the rest out. Uh, per usual in ECW, Joey Styles welcomes us to tonight's pay-per-view. He promises by the end of the night we won't forget the name WrestlePalooza. I actually messaged Cortland about this opening segment. Um, because it starts out with, like, the shittiest camera angle of Joey Styles, and I just went, yep, this is gonna suck. Um, <laughs> so, um, I feel like this kind of predicted our night. Um, opening promo video, ruled per usual. Um, uh, I, I wish all promotions had this, just one that they re- rolled with. One song, they always change the, like, promos, like, for videos, and then they just moved on from it. It's, it's good shit. Um, we get... FBI, the full-blooded Italians, Little Guido, and Tracy Smothers with the Big Don, Tommy Rich, getting loaded into the um, the arena before we're even back from the promo. Like, they're halfway through their entrance. Uh, they're taking on the BWO, which was the Blue Meanie and Supernova. Um, and holy shit, the BWO pop that they got was awesome. Tracy Smothers was doing this dancing thing during their intro. <laughs> All I'm going to say, during the FBI entrance, please pay attention to Tracy Smothers. He's, like, dancing, but, like, I don't know how to explain what he's doing, but it is the fucking dumbest thing I've ever seen, and it entertained me the entire way. Um, Tommy Rich gets the mic, and in the most non-Italian, Southern Baptist-type accent, says that they're going to whoop every fan's ass. And the crowd was mega heated about it. Um, This was whatever, man. Um, There was a dance-off. It was fucking insane. Uh, John Finnegan body slamming little Guido and Tracy Smothers was fucking awesome. Uh, BWO being over organically, uh, popped me big and they win after Supernova hits Novocaine. Uh, it looked like a botched finish that Tracy Smothers maybe didn't get in the ring quick enough, but what do I know? Uh, they celebrate after the match, they being, uh, the BWO, Blue Meanie and Supernova dancing to YMCA in the ring. 
What a fucking spectacle. I went two and a quarter, and I have nothing else to say about this. Cortland, what do you got for me? I went two and a half. Mm. I liked it a, a little bit more than I probably should, but uh, Blue Mini popped me with his meanie salt. I love when they call that out. I think it's Ate super funny. shit on it, too. Oh, yeah, he did. Uh, the flatliner from Supernova 2 Nunzio looked fantastic. Um, there's a few good spots from Nova in this match that uh, got me big. Uh, there's a missile drop kick that looked awesome. Um, yeah, man, the crowd was super hot for it. I enjoyed it. I wish we would have got a full FBI entrance, but hey, man, never know what are we gonna do. What a! I feel like they're always the preload. Like they're always. I was gonna say, and they're so good. I, like I feel jump. like this start pay per view started the exact same way. The last one we watched did with FBI halfway up the entrance ramp. At first, I was like, did I click on the wrong paper? <laughs> Watching that one um, again? <laughs> the, the totally legal VHS copy that I downloaded um, had this... I think it was like Arabic entrance uh, that was like the... It was like the don't record this or else. I love um, that. And I missed... Everything of that opening promo, so I had to tune into Peacock to see it all. Um, so that's how my day started with it. Um, Casey, what'd you go? I'll give it a two and a quarter because even going back, it, it's fucking insane to think about everything that happened in this match. Um, I wrote, a lot in a very little I, amount of time. I yeah. wrote every ounce of Hendersonville, Tennessee pours out of Tommy Rich when he cuts a promo in the crowd, giving me uh, Ralph. <laughs> giving me Ralph from Waffle House vibes. Yes. Um. Yeah, we have a fucking dance off. There's kids with fucking ICP paint on hard cam side. This just got weird. Hanging the fuck out. And then I also was like, why does the Blue Meanie have a better fucking moonsault than Charlotte Flair does? It's the clean. It's wow. one of the cleanest moonsaults ever. It's really good. Goodness, it was really good. I just want to shout out. Blue Meanie's crop top. That's all I wanted to shout oh out. Oh my god. I'm making one. Oh my god. <laughs> if I get a hybrid Blue Meanie Joel Gertner for Halloween, I might fucking pass out. I might not exist. Crop uh, top, the, the black eye paint for a mask oh with, my the, god. with the neck brace. I with And it has to be blue. Like dyed blue. It'd be a mess. Well, well. <laughs> 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 a crop top blazer? Fuck It'd be him. fucked. It'd be fucking blazer, messy. That actually is not that bad of It'd an be idea. Messy. Ethan, I saw you yawn. Did this match bore you? No, it, it was a blast. It was one of the most fun things on the show for me. I love when you they do stupid shit like the ref, the dance off and the ref doing the... I mean, sometimes it doesn't work, but this... I mean, the crowd loved this shit, so it was a blast. I went two and a quarter on it. It works because it was the first thing to do. I think right. anywhere else on the car, this yeah. would have been a fucking train wreck. But like, it works because right, it's like right. this at the bar, and then it just downhill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was unique, man. Uh, it was fun. They danced to YMCA as they left, which made me like, I was like, y'all. I wonder what house music they played for y'all. But were... it was like fucking very clear. Like <laughs> it's fun. Not they were just playing. Like, was like, like, oh the generic, like they were just playing the generic like BWO music that they have like on Peacock. But like 
I watched him do it, but I was like, is he just trying to sign BWO? Like, I was really confused. <laughs> and he fucked up, so he just started B? to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just oh, like, yeah, why? Oh, my God, I fucking know, man. <laughs> oh, my God. What a mess. Uh, we get a promo for Justin Credible versus Mikey Whipwreck. Whipwreck took Justin Credible's undefeated streak. Credible then injured Mikey and has been trying to re-injure him since his return. We got a grudge match on our hands, fellas. Uh, so we have Just Incredible with Jason, fuck Jason, and Chastity taking on Mikey Whipwreck. Um, this was a fucking blast. I really enjoyed this match. Um, it was. <laughs> I went back to add this as a comma. It was absolutely reckless at times. And we'll get into it. Because I could hear Cortland yelling, what the fuck are y'all doing at certain parts? Um... Mikey wakes, n- wasted no time getting down to the ring and just beats the shit out of Justin Credible for a bit. There's a spot on the outside where Mikey tosses, credi- uh, tosses Justin Credible over the guardrail, and Justin almost kills a small child. Um, and it popped me so big. Bro, he I set up. That kid was terrified. That, that kid, was kid like, got fucking hit so hard. Oh, man. It was like, oh. <laughs> We had uh, She's Got Herpes Chance being thrown at Chastity in this. Gotta love the ECW crowds. Um, we get a sweet slingshot powerbomb from Justin Credible onto Mikey, and it looked miserable for Mr. Whipwreck. Um, after a beatdown courtesy of Jason, fuck Jason, Mikey turns the tides and suplexes Justin Credible through a table from the guardrail. Just before he does that, he grabs a chair and just fucking goes at it. Throws it and it just hits the crowd. It Both like, times, it skims, this happens. It like skims Justin's head to like kind of ricochet off, but it like almost beelines at a fan standing on a chair. <laughs> Between the the guardrail thing with the little child who's maybe nine, definitely not in double digits in terms of age. No. Um, and then the the chair spot, I could hear Cortland like turn the shit the fuck off, turn it off. Like, I can hear him getting angry. Um, good lord. Uh, this had some fun and innovative innovative spots. The slingshot into the chair, into the roll-up stood out um, from Mikey Whipwreck. Jason tries interfering, uh, fuck Jason, and gets whippersnappered for his troubles. Chastity then tries interfering and gets avalanche whippersnappered. And then the interference proves to be too much for old Mikey as we get a That's Incredible Tombstone pile driver on a chair, which gives Just Incredible the pinfall victory. Ethan, what you got? Two and three quarters. Mm. I thought it was great. It was a fucking train wreck, as you said. Just that first fucking all these dives into the crowd. Just everything felt like it was a grudge match. Um, and the fact that they played back off because they they wrestled at November to remember, right? In 97. Right. Yep. So I thought it was cool. I was like, oh, okay, something. Just because we're only watching the pay-per-views, so we don't fully – you know, we're not like we're watching hardcore TVs and know a lot of the details on these feuds. So this being something that we'd already touched on a little bit made me a little more invested in it. And then they went out there and just had a fucking spot fest of bullshit. Um, but it was good, though. It was focused. It wasn't Sabu and Sandman. You know, they actually hit their shit pretty much right for the majority of the match. And, you know, Mikey's good at getting his ass beat and Justin Credible looked great here, too. So two and three quarters for me, bad boys. I like it. I like it. Uh, Casey, what you got for me? This is probably my favorite match on the card. Um, I bagged that. I gave it a three. Um, I, 
<laughs> First of all, I wrote Just Incredible with The Sexiest Man on Earth featuring Mikey Whipwreck. Because <laughs> uh, we love him. He's sexy. He's Jason. Um, I wrote here at ECW. That was so <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> so is he. Here at ECW, crowd participation isn't always encouraged, but sometimes it's forced upon you. Mm. <laughs> and that was yeah. as, just, as Justin gets whipped into a child. The um, thing is, there's in that moment, you almost see Mikey and Justin go, this kid's way too close. Let's fuck him up. Like, the kid is on the guardrail, and there's no need for Justin to take the spill, and no. he just fucking, let's do it! Like, just fucking commits to it. What I, what I slowly started realizing as this pay-per-view progressed is, because of where it's at in Georgia, it was like a lot of kids convinced their parents to go to this mm. and lied about what they were going to watch. Like, they were like, it's kind of like WWF at the time. Like, they're like, it's kind of like that. And they're like, oh, that's not terrible. And then, like, you watch, like, I think in the same match, they get whipped into the guardrail and it, like, takes out, like, an older lady's shins. Like, they fuck the crowd up in this match. And it happens, like, throughout. And there's a lot of parents that are just like, what is happening? Um, how do you guys feel about slingshots as a move? Because I hated that slingshot spot. I dude, I thought it was innovative, the way that the chair was set up. I didn't hate it. I like the innovation, but I feel like Justin had to do so much work to get up. Like, I always feel like slingshots, there's never, like, enough momentum from the giver. So, like, whoever's taking that slingshot is like, I gotta do a whole ass fucking sit up and I have to jump really far to do whatever I gotta do. I was like, it's one, of my least, it's one of my least favorite wrestling moves. It most times it looks very unrealistic. It's not very believable. I feel like there's only a small amount of people that make it look good. Like Ric Flair made it look great. Triple H made it look great. Harley Race, um, you know, the, that small handful. But other than that, it's not great. And there's probably the worst one of all time, and it's in this pay per view. Yeah. I don't know if y'all noticed it. I will get to the last bit that I had is when Mikey takes the uh, "That's Incredible" for the, for the for the loss. There, he almost doesn't tuck his head in properly, and like barely misses being like crippled for the rest of his life. Like he he has his neck all the way out and goes uh like at the last second. And I was like that was sketchy. Like it was way too close of a call. <laughs> but like, I feel like that all, defines yeah. his whole career. It's just like that sketchy yeah, move. so close to dying. It's fine. Cortland, are you above or below three? Or are you at three? That's always an option. Um I put it down at three. But I'm probably going to go three and a quarter just for the grudge match itself. It felt personal. It felt more personal than most things on this card, um, other than one obvious other match. Um, I enjoyed this a lot. I think that there was a lot of miscues, though, um, but they seemed to capitalize on all of them pretty smoothly, especially, like, the barricade table spot, like the suplex from the barricade. Um Whipwreck pulled it off in the end, man. He yanked Lance Storm's ass up to get that through, and it he landed pretty square for the most part. Um, it could have gone way worse. Uh, I enjoyed it, and hopefully 
we might see it again. I'm sure they run it back on hardcore TV. Um, but I feel like this isn't the best match that these two can pull off together. I think there's a lot that they can do um, going forward after it's still this. still left but, on the table kind of thing. Yeah. They, they um, clearly have the chemistry. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Whipwreck landing all these whippersnappers, everyone made them look good. Even Jason's old fuck Jason uh, bitch ass. He... <laughs> The way he took his was awesome. I was like, fuck, Jason, all right. Um, so, yeah, man, I enjoyed it. It's three and a quarter stars. I, I really enjoy Lance. Sorry. Really enjoyed Justin Credible. It's the second time uh, you did it game. while you were talking. I, just, I was letting it go. I, I really enjoyed Justin Credible. I think he's fantastic. So, yeah. you know, three and a quarter. I enjoyed it. Yeah, going back and rewatching early just incredible matches man it's been a treat really uh, i feel like he performs every time that we've seen him i went three and a quarter on this man i loved it i thought it was really good um we have axel rotten and balls mahoney interrupting joey styles Ooh. rotten says a lot here but i try to condense it down into a couple sentences uh, he says that they deserve a shot at those world tag team champions and promises to rip chris candido and landstorm new assholes uh that's what i got um, anything y'all wanted to add to his little promo thing that he said? I know you wrote everything down. No, I didn't surprisingly, but I just wrote down that Axel calls Candido a pussy whipped little sissy. Mm. <laughs> he called both of them that, right? He said both of them are. I j I, oh no, he specified Chris Candido. You're right. He made sure that it was known that it was just Candido. Keep that in mind when I give you my quote for later in the match. Uh, so we get Chris Candido and Landstorm, your tag team champions. Taking on Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney for the uh, ECW World Tag Team Championships. Um, Candido and Storm make their way down together, and then Candido walks to the back and this gets is an introduction. The greatest fucking thing I've ever seen someone do. Him this wave awesome. him wave down production and be like, "No, no, no! Play my fucking song." Go back. Have them play his song and then have and him come, come out back like out. he was just out there. He was dancing up, having a good time. Bah, 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 bah. He's coming out to fucking back in black. Like he's just having a good time, man. He just exists. The whole time uh, Landstorm's in the ring going, What the fuck, dude? I I think Landstorm, honest to God, doesn't have personality, right? He's gotta actually be pissed about this. He's wearing it and it's very real. He's like this fucking piece of dog shit stealing a spotlight constantly. Um, this was fine, I guess, man. It was all right. Uh, Candido and Landstorm don't get along, but they still keep winning and retaining their titles. Nothing really stuck out to me in this match. Um, I just felt like it was okay, and I don't think it's their fault, but Balls, Mahoney, and Axel Rotten just might not be the best dancing partners for them. Uh, the, only thing that really, the only thing that really stuck out to me um, was Landstorm's springboard plancha to the outside, which looked fucking great. Um, the champs retained. I went two and a quarter. Um, Balls Mahoney made me laugh when Axel Rotten was cutting a promo, and I was like, oh my god, he has more charisma than Balls, and this guy has no fucking charisma? I'm stunned. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ethan, what you got for me? What do you, what'd you go on this? Um, I went two and a half. Um, I thought it was a decent little thing. Um, considering who's in it, I'm shocked that I eat that it was decent at all. With it being Axel Rotten and fucking Balls Mahoney on the other end, and it because if I remember correctly, because some of this I was in and out on, there weren't really any weapons in this, right? There was a teeny tiny mm -hmm. bit of chair 
but it was like okay. honestly for the most part it was like a legitimate tag match it was yes kind and of that's surprising. what shocked me about it is they worked just a pretty decent little traditional tag match which you're not normally going to get from axel and balls but they worked it fine uh my favorite little quote literally the only note i wrote down for this i'm being honest is joey styles oh in casual fashion I, I can't i think axel rotten was like hitting chris candido on top or something he goes axel rotten riding chris candido and I'm like, God, last week, Lance Storm, it wasn't that who the head comment was directed at? Yeah. He said, I'm going to give you head. Now yeah. he's getting ridden by. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's having a fucking wild Dude. ride right now, bud. <laughs> he's filming the movie, buddy. He's but, going um, for it. Kind of, but uh, I just thought it was a decent enough little thing, you know, built up to the, built up to the tags and everything. I went two and a half on it. Almost, almost had to have something clipped out. I'm not going to say it. I'll DM Good it to you. God, uh, <laughs> Cortland, what did you end up going on this, my friend? I went two and three quarters. I enjoyed this match. I think mostly I enjoyed it because of the story between Lance and uh, yeah, Candido. Uh, I really like the finish of Lance Storm finishing it, but Candido pulls him off and he gets yep. the pin instead. Uh, I think that's great. Uh, I enjoy the entrance part. I enjoy. Uh, like, as they're calling him out, he stops him from announcing uh, Lance Storm first, and he wants to be announced first, which I thought was just hilarious. The number one thing I hate about this match is that, so, like, they play the whole angle of this match is supposed to be later in the card, right? And, uh, but Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten come out, and they interrupt Joey Styles, and they're like, we want the tag match now. So then... Candino and Lance Storm immediately come out, and then Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten just stand there like they don't know what to do. And you said we're pussies? Like, well, they're down in the ring right now. And they, it's like, okay. It's well, literally, it's literally like, just a clip of okay. Plankton. <laughs> he turns around. It's just it's a clip like, of Plankton being like, I don't know. I never thought I'd get this far. Like, he's like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that fucking worked. <laughs> Once they leave Joey Styles, like commentating booth, uh, like the commentary booth, he goes, "How the hell did they even get up here?" It's such a quick comment. <laughs> well, he's, he's like, like, "How the hell did they even make their way up here?" He's like, like "How'd they get up here?" And then he's like, "What's the point of having a script?" He's like, "If this is the type of shit we do," and then he ends up catching himself because he says that, and like, "You're not supposed to be scripted." And he's like, "What's the point of having like, oh, like a, a set, what? A set format. a format?" Like he says it twice because he catches the fact that he said he says script, but yeah, he's just like perplexed the whole time, being like, "What the fuck just happened?" I guess we're having a tag match now. Fucking great! Like, yeah, man, Landstorm is fucking fantastic. So is Candido. I think they worked the best that they could out of this match, and it really uh, it could have been way worse. I expected it to be worse, especially last week. Whenever we were running through this card, I was like, "Fuck, that's gonna be awful." Um, but it held up in its weird way. I don't think I'm ever going to go back to this pay-per-view to specifically watch this match, but, uh, the storytelling between Lance Storm and Chris Candino, facial expression, uh, knowing where the camera is, it's really on point. It's hard to find ECW work at this time that was this good. So, um, like storytelling wise, so definitely hats off to them. It's, it's solid match. I like it. Uh, we get a quick uh, flashback to earlier in the night. We had Junkyard Dog, Dirty Dick Slater, Masked Superstar, who I do believe was Demolition Axe, 
and Bullet Bob Armstrong were being celebrated in Georgia. Um, fun little tidbit about this. New, uh, New Jack punched Junkyard Dog before the segment. He punched him in the face. Um, Why? JYD owed Jack money for weed and refused to pay him. So New Jack just hit him. Fair uh, enough, though. Paul Heyman offered to pay New Jack what Junkyard Dog owed him. But no, no, no. New Jack wanted the money directly from Junkyard Dog himself. It's the principal. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Punched him right in the face. I just wanted to give that in there uh, just to give you guys a little, a little flavor. I love that. I'm glad you um, shared that, Michael. We get a Shane Douglas. You're welcome. Uh, we get a Shane Douglas interview in the ring. He cuts an impassioned anti-WWE slash WCW promo. He says he'll wrestle later tonight because he's a wrestler, goddammit, not a sports entertainer. There's a difference. It's weird how that parallel is. And, Yo, uh, you got, you know, you're missing the fact that he, they announced how fucked up he is going into this shit, yeah. though. What, oh he had, God, like, he a had... fractured palate, a f- like, fractured eye, his arm's broken. It's a mess. Yeah, his, a arm, his arm from his fucking elbow wrist, needs surgery from wrist to shoulder, from wrist to shoulders wrapped with a fucking, like, double stone cold knee brace thing on his fucking arm. Yeah, if, if you don't know, his palate is the roof of his fucking jaw is broken. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, he's a, he has, like, bones sticking into his face and shit. And then he's like, I'm a fighting champion. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you need to go to the hospital, Doc. You look oh, like yeah. shit, he, he also had a sinus infection. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like, he's fucked up. And he's like, I'm a winner. Really, I'm while, like, are you? while he's coming out to the ring and Joey announces all that, I just went, God damn, franchise got fucked up. <laughs> Bro, you look like shit. Speaking of him getting fucked up, the man that <laughs> fucked him up, Taz, comes down and wants him to acknowledge that Taz indeed fucked him up. Um, Taz also says he's the uncrowned champion. Shane Douglas saying, get the fuck out of my way on a live mic made me laugh. So I spent probably three minutes on this one moment. I watched it a hundred times. It was my favorite thing. So before Taz comes out, though, he cuts a small promo on Shawn Michaels being a pussy. He literally is like, I don't care where I'm at. Fuck Ric Flair. With his whole chest. He's like, boo me. You're going to fucking hate me, but fuck that guy. He's a bitch. Yeah, and he literally tells the crowd to shut the fuck up. And it's not muted. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like it was like, he was like, well, let me tell you something, Taz. And they started yelling. He's like, hey, shut the fuck up. And I was like, God damn. It's my favorite. I was like, what? That's this crazy. Whole, the whole promo is my favorite part of the whole pay per view. It's good like, shit. You can, I ran it back because you could see people in the crowd genuinely shocked. They were like, God damn it. Holy fuck. Uh, Taz hits the franchise and almost chokes him out before the pair gets broken apart. This is, a, this is a fucking clusterfuck here, bud. Bam Bam Bigelow comes down and he and Taz brawl for a quick second. Taz gets escorted out the building and shoved into a car and he kicks out the entire window frame and all. Bro, he almost broke um, the fucking car door. He kicked he almost yeah, that door. Fucking foot. He just <laughs> in two kicks kicks the entire back window out and then in another kick kicks out the entire molding around the car door. <laughs> That was it's, like, it's, I'm like, I know it's not believable because it's not a cop car, but like, you got to get him out of camera frame because he's just going to climb out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where we're at. Um, then we just get Bam Bam Bigelow versus New Jack. Um, 
My notes are, well, Bam Bam was already in the ring, so here comes New Jack. Typical New Jack match. He dives from the balcony with a guitar, which he smashed over Bam Bam's head. They work back he, to the ring. Bigelow hits his greetings from Asbury Park for the three. That's my he, notes for the match. <laughs> New Jack knocks himself out. He goes and he jumps off the balcony with the guitar. It bounces off ah. Bam Bam's head and smacks himself in the face. And like, he's out fucking cold. <laughs> it's not like he walked up to the balcony. He was dragged by security to help him get there. He was fucked up. He was already concussed. Because before this Bam Bam's given receipts for Junkyard Dog, man. Because Bam Bam had a fucking New Jack fight with New Jack. I don't know who the fuck thought this was a smart idea, but like New Jack gets the shit beat out of him for like most of the match. Uh, New Jack admitted in an interview about this match, camera when it was, but he said that he was extremely high on cocaine during this match. And it obviously he, showed. He was so careless jumping off of that balcony. He was like, all right, well, he didn't the time is 8.32 in the like, morning, and uh, here we go. Like, it was just like a fucking plank. He was like, nah. The, the like, funniest no. part about it is so he gets carelessly dragged up to the to the rafter he as he's climbing over a fucking guitar appears out of nowhere from the crowd someone just hands him a fucking guitar and he's like oh thank you <laughs> and then yeah he just kind of falls off the balcony and for some reason dumbass spot which was an offensive spot on his part right the whole time but he Bam- loses because of the spot. The whole time, though, Bam Bam is selling that he has no idea where New Jack went. He's just standing down in the crowd being like, where did he go? And he like looks up and he's like, oh, shit. I didn't. I guess I wasn't in a fight with a man. Okay, well, I'm just going to stand here for a little bit. He's so unconscious that Bam Bam has to carry him. Actually, back. he literally Dude, he has to fireman him carry him over his shoulder, has to carefully put him over the barricade, climb over, pick this him back is- up, then put him back in the ring. It's the most insane shit. Hits a greetings from Asbury Park. Leaves. I need to I know. Feel what, like we're I need to know what you now. gave it to. I need to know what you gave it, Cortland. I gave it a star in three quarters. Me too. Just because I don't have much to say about it. Starting your quarters for me, too. Thank God that Bam Bam didn't kill New Jack. Uh, I went, too. Or New Jack didn't kill himself. I loved it. There's it also the spot before all this. Leading up to them doing that spot, Bam Bam puts him over the barricade and fucking, like... As if Bam Bam's at a hardcore show, fucking takes two steps and somersaults over the barricade straight into New Jack. It's that the funniest shit, shit, dude. I told Holy you, man. Fuck, dude. When it's over this barricade, dude, he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, oh, yeah, I can't just walk past it or walk over it. Time to flip, motherfucker. Like, he just like, loses his mind, dude. Bam Bam is great. However, New Jack is fucking not. And it this match is another example of how all the matches we've watched of Bam Bam so far have been above decent, right? They've been yeah. good matches. They've, been They've all been at two and three quarters or higher than that, right? But we get a new Jack match, and how far does that shit fall? Because it's not a match. I had to give this. It's just 
trash, man. None I of this shit's entertaining. I had to Wait. give this a two because I could not give Bam Bam anything lower. I feel like we're watering down how severely shitty this is. Like, if y'all, okay, people listening just, don't believe it, go to Wrestlepalooza 98, jump to this match, and just... It's like six minutes. It's breathe not that this long. shit in. It is... Dude. Fucking I'm going to re-binge that shit after I'm done here. Yeah, but, okay, it's 8 so minutes you, and 27 seconds long. But if you think about it, it's like Bam Bam legitimately tries... Like, they, he does the psychology part of trying to eliminate the use of weapons as much as possible. But then, like, they get introduced, oh. and then, like, it's just New Jack. New Jack's fucking terrible. And it's like Bam Bam's just <laughs> trying to steer this fucking coked-out maniac down something palatable <laughs> but like it can't it be believable tremendous. if it takes your coked ass oppo- opponent five minutes to climb this barricade or not barricade but like this fucking balcony it's right like 30 steps and he needs help from security you and you're just looking at the crowd that's <laughs> looking right at you that's pointing at the guy Right behind you. And you're like, and you're like over there. where is he? What are you like, he's there? too where? big for you to say, over there, dumb fuck. He beat the <laughs> shit out of you. So you're just stuck oh, like, you oh, Mr. Oh, Mr. Bam Bam, would you mind? He's over there. And he's like, <laughs> please, oh, pardon sir, me. please look. I think you're missing your cue. I'm desperate for you to look right the fuck. Like, you wouldn't be like, hey, you fucking dumb fuck. Right out. He'd be like, all right, well, time to break your whole fucking spine, Goro style. Like, to- he's going to Mortal Kombat fucking fatality, you dude. But you also have to think that, like, he probably is like, what the fuck is taking so long? Like, he's like, Jesus Christ. Like, this is taking way too long for him to get up there. But, like, he can't go and chase after him because New Jack will just jump off the balcony. Like,. <laughs> Dude, security tries to. You can tell how they're walking. They're like trying to make it look like they're not literally carrying him up. But yeah. like New Jack stops for a second and puts his hand on his knee for a breath. But like the security keeps walking, and you see them like pull his shirt, Let's and he gets there. wobbly for a second <laughs> because they like release, and he's just like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I am. Um, okay, we've spent too much time on this. It's yeah, a it's mess. Awful. Um, we get a promo. This this is not better. No. Uh, this we, we are only, not upgrading. It only goes downhill from here. We're deep in. We get a promo showing Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, and the Dudleys all being ruthless with weapons as River of Deceit by Mad Season plays over the video package. Which I don't know if you've heard that song, but watch that video package. Wrong right. song for that video package. So the one uh, it is <laughs> fucking bizarre, dude. Why did they have that play? It is sad. <laughs> Go back and watch that video package. Play that song, and you'll playing. be like, how did we get here? Yes, River of Deceit by Mad Season plays over the video package. I paused it and laughed out loud, like, <laughs> like George of the Jungle-style laugh, because it didn't make sense in my brain. Man, I thought I would have seen that. I would have probably had a good rant. That's one of my – I love that fucking song, man. Go back and rewatch that promo and figure it out, but it is – it's shocking. I'm going to figure it out and make a personalized video for the podcast. Please. We get the Dudleys with Big Dick Dudley, Sign Guy Dudley, and Joel Gertner taking on Sandman and Tommy Dreamer. Joel Gertner finally fucking disappoints this week, fellas. Uh, he hits me with a, Joel, the ladies call me Fred Flintstone because I make their bedrock, Gertner. Um, I just love that he, he's like, before you meet our, our opponents, the extreme alcoholic and the man with more TNA than the Las Vegas strip review. 
<laughs> I just love that he refers to Sandman as an extreme alcoholic and he calls it, it, he calls uh, Junior fat. It's great. Well, Tommy's not gotten slimmer in his old age. Nope. Um, nope. This was whatever, man. Uh, the Dudleys fuck Sandman's neck up early, so he has to kind of leave. Uh, they beat Tommy's ass for a little bit till little Spike Dudley comes down to be his impromptu tag partner. A lot of weird shit happens. Um, I feel like this was overbooked Tommy Dreamer bullshit, and it was like a Dudley boy match in, all in one, and I was like, this is fucking miserable. Um, I felt like I died and went to hell, and I had to watch that match. Um, Sandman eventually comes back. He and Dreamer hit stereo DDTs for the pinfall victory. I went two, but I'm going to go a star and three quarters because I thought New Jack Bam Bam was more entertaining. Uh, Cortland, I know that probably hurt your feelings, so let's start with you. It doesn't hurt my feelings a whole month, a whole bunch. I think I went two and a quarter on this match. It's not it's nothing to run home about. I think Spike Dudley is definitely the best part of this match, and it makes no sense for him to be here. Um, but the acid drops looked fucking awesome. Uh, he sold great. Um... But yeah, man, beyond that, Sandman didn't need to fucking back. Uh, it's just another nice. fucking overbooked bullshit, your typical Tommy Dreamer. Um, I said it last week, dude. Tommy Dreamer can carry any person into a bad match. And <laughs> it just happens every fucking time I watch a Tommy Dreamer match. Um, he I think the only Tommy Dreamer match I've ever gone over three stars is him and Raven and I think it's like the sixth match they had and there was no and like that shit took forever to get to um it's typical Tommy Dreamer match typical Sandman match thank god it's not Sandman versus Sabu I'll say that thank god but it still ain't fucking much better so two and a quarter shout out Spike Dudley for always looking great and selling great but Devon hold on one thing Please D-bar tell me you're ready to talk about that. Put the tree of woe. Yes, that fucking Dude. spot popped me big, and I forgot to write for it down. Nine hours. He is Dude, in that tree of woe for fucking four that and a half hours. And Spike just comes and hits that drop kick on the on the chair off the, the backs. Yeah, off the backs. Right. I completely forgot about the back part, which just makes it so much cooler. Um, and the way Devon sells this is. It's Jeff's kiss, man. You can't, <laughs> you can't ask for a better sell than someone stuck in Tree of Woe just convulsing. It's the funniest thing yes. that you can see. Uh, yes, I feel like that. The quarter of my two and a quarter comes from that spot alone. That's um, fair. Is Spike Dudley's the king of this match? I'll leave it at that. Ethan, I'm glad you called on me because I'm about to fall asleep over here. So. Here we go. Same Thanks, old man. shit we get from all these fuckers. It's not you. It's not you. Huh? It's what? Ethan. You said you're about to fall asleep and Corlin said thanks. Corlin said hey, thanks. No, that ain't your fault. It ain't you. It's this goddamn pay-per-view in my work day. So, this shit, it's the same shit. I'm trying to get riled up. I'm going to have to fucking spike something here in a minute. But, um. We're not about far this. along here. Huh? I'm about to be fucking jumping out my seat, bud. Oh, I know you are, and I'm going to put oh, you on mute. Lord. So, <laughs> here comes this. I went two and a quarter on it as well, mainly for Spike Dudley being the only fucking sensational thing, motivated thing about this dog shit. Here's the deal, man. Fuck it. I'm going to go off on one. 
I yeah. watch these ECW matches, right? You know, I saw all the hits, you know, and you hear all the praise. And I had this huge <laughs> nostalgia, you know, for an ECW because <laughs> because of the nostalgia that WWE created for me for it. And One Night Stand 05 was so good. And I went back, I bought all the unreleased DVDs. I saw the good stuff. And I'm like, buddy, that was the only good stuff you had. Because this shit we're watching here, man. When y'all told me we're going to watch some ECW pay-per-views, I said, okay, cool. I've been looking forward to re-watching some of this stuff and seeing a bunch of new stuff. Because, you know, ECW, man, it was cool. Buddy, I don't want to look at this shit no damn more. This has ruined... This just ruined me. If it makes you so, feel any better, I had such high hopes doing this too, and I'm so dude, fucking sad every week now. Dude, it's breaking me down. That's why I thought I was like, wait a minute, my birthday's next week? I gotta get us out of this fucking hole for a week. God damn. Spoilers. I was watching this show, dude, and I could not fucking keep my nose on it. So, anyways, two and a quarter on this match. Thank you, Spike. Dudley's, you're doing... Uh, fuck Tommy Dreamer. Move on. Ethan, I just need you to know this. We are only a few pay-per-views away from a Masato Tanaka Mike Awesome match. I need okay, you to good. stick That'll this save. out for just a little bit because I know that's what you were looking forward to. Casey, what you got on this one? I think y'all are cowards. Um, I gave this three quarters of a star. This match fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, God. God. This match was fucking terrible. It's oh, not your notebook. This is yeah. An- I literally wrote this is another dreamer match that needs seventy five things going on. It's fucking bad. Okay, you do a, you do a, you do a spot where they have the guardrail in the middle of the of the ring. You've got a racked Tommy Dreamer, and they and the Dudleys do the worst concerto spot that everyone in the crowd saw, and they shit shit on him yeah. over it. This is also pay-per-view two in a row where uh, Tommy Dreamer gets dropped on his nuts on the railing. Yes. I guess he liked that. Must be into it. Um, Also, Sandman's entrance was five minutes and nine seconds, in case anyone was wondering. Can I be honest with you? I fast-forwarded through it because I was I'm going to be real, dude. I did so many things because I was, like, just taking notes, had Lydia in my arms, and I was like, oh, it's the Sandman entrance. Let me go do shit. And then I went and did a bunch of tasks I needed to do. And I was walking around, and I looked at Alex, and I was like, Sandman's entrance still running. And I had already finished, like, laundry. I, like, did formula bottles, (laughs) heated some shit up, went outside to grab the mail. I came back, and I was like, Sandman entrance. Like, See, that's the third barricade. I got two barricades to go. Sandman's entrance <laughs> almost goes as long as the Bam Bam match, just to put that into uh, perspective. So, yeah, yeah. no, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I love all of you to death, but I think you're all the cowards and call this match like it is, and it's not <laughs> It's not worthy of a full star. It's just oh, not. Man. I don't give a fuck if everyone in the goddamn in the locker room comes out to help this match. It wasn't good. Oh, no, they saved that for later. <laughs> got to get everybody out and try and make this feel like a big deal. Honestly, I, got, I watched oh. this up to here yesterday, and then I watched the next two matches today, and I think that I was still just burnt out from this tag match that, like, nothing saved from this point on. <laughs> it's just I'm fucking just broken. I, you know what I love? You know what I fucking love? 
the fact that this podcast has been us breaking ourselves down almost every episode by the shit do, we choose to watch. I, I need know. to pause. I need to pause. I need to pause. Next week's episode is going to be a banger, dude. This lineup, aside from the main event, looks awesome, and I can't wait to cover do, it with you guys. Do you know that every this is week what we've been waiting for? I've been asked, have you liked any of the pay-per-views from start to finish? And I said, no. no. I, there's not a single one that I could say, man, that was fucking great. WrestleMania tool or was it 20 that we did, right? That one might yeah. be a saving grace, but other than that. Yeah, that one got else. pretty close to being like, that's my favorite WrestleMania, I believe, so. I just... That's probably the best one that oh. we've done. But yeah, this is just Man. not good from this point. For literally from New Jack Bam Bam for the rest of the night. You don't mean I that. Just... You don't mean it. You don't. Mean you don't that. mean it, dude. You don't mean it, no, dude. I fucking you don't mean, mean it. it. You don't mean. <laughs> well, let's it. move on to our amazing spectacle that comes next. Oh lord, here we God. go. Um, we get uh, a quick promo for Rob Van Dam taking on Sabu. They're friends. That Sabu is now your number one contender. They wanted to share it. They're just not sharing because. <laughs> Do y'all have the promo video of this? All I could think about, there was one moment that I thought about Cortland, and it's, they slow-mo, Sabu going for the high-five, and RVD just dropping his hand, and him getting mad, it's in slow-mo, and I was just like, that's Cortland shit! I will say, Um, any time that they've shown, because this does go on for a minute, but them, both Rob and Dan, (laughs) RVD and Sabu playing tug-of-war with the belt, is my favorite shit in the world. Awesome. What a mess. Um, all right. Um, Casey, I'm I'm going to give this to you after I read about it. God. Nope, nope. You know what? You take it from here. I'll let you do your thing. Whatever notes you have, then I'll I'll pass it to somebody else. It's fine. I wrote, why was this 30 minutes? <laughs> it's Rob Van Dam versus Sabu, and it finishes in a 30-minute time limit draw. And it, it is 29 minutes too long. It is so... It's not necessarily bad. It's just aggressively long. They try so hard to just drag out this whole time limit. Sabu doesn't understand pacing in the fucking slightest. <laughs> it's just fucking leg drops with a monkey flip. With another leg drop, with a vantaminator, with a failed (laughs) vantaminator, with it's thirty minutes long. (laughs) It's it's so rough to get through. I mentally checked out after this. I need to know what you're at on this. Honestly, I don't have a rating. My only just note give for the it, whole thing is How do you why? do this every fucking week? There's always a match where you're just like, I didn't rate it. Because this is what we do. It doesn't <laughs> deserve a rating for it being this long. There's no story being told yeah. this whole fucking time. Honestly, half this show was hard for me to rate. I don't think it even deserves the time to give a rating, but I just wrote it down. Fucking two. Give no, it I'll take two. it. I'll take it. Ethan, what you got on it, man? What other notes you got on it? There ain't no notes. This shit went 30 minutes, a million leg drops. Sabu fucks up when he has control. Usual bullshit. Let's get over it and get done with it. Move to this main event so Mike can come all over. So, yeah. 
two and a quarter fucking 30 minutes. I've said the same shit because they did the same shit over and over. Why do I need to put any effort into this when they just fucking did shit for 30 minutes? Cortland, we're at two and two and a quarter. I need to know, what do you have on it? I went three stars. I enjoyed this match. I wish it was shorter. They definitely could have got what they wanted in half the amount of time. But the story where they're going, uh, I mean, you can't do DQ finishes in ECW. You're not going to do a no contest. People aren't going to believe a small table spot is going to take both of them out when you see them kick out of them at one most of the time. Um, there's too many leg drops. There is a really sick like monkey flip leg drop from Sabu that looks really great in the opener of this match. I was surprised that it opened with basic chain wrestling, um, and then you get the double cross from Sabu uh, after RVD says that everyone's gullible for believing he would wrestle his best friend and tag partner. Um, I enjoyed the double crosses occasionally. This one was an obvious one. Um, but it's three stars, man. They beat each other's asses, that's for sure. Um, there's a few spots that I enjoyed in it. I enjoyed Bill Alfonso cheering whoever's winning in the moment. Uh, I thought that was really funny. Uh, I enjoy RBD trying to get Bill Alfonso to do spots for him. Um, like he threw hold a chair, chair at him right? so he could hold yeah. the, hair, the chair up. And uh, as he goes for the kick, he takes the chair away, and he's like, "Either way, I'm a winner, baby!" And like points for Sabu and does an RVD. Like that's so funny to tough. Um, Casey yeah, is so it's distraught tough. by this thirty minutes. It's he just, just straight brutal. up huffed when it's you too said long, for it's sure. Too long. Thirty minute matches can be great, right? We've watched dynamite matches that are an hour long that are fucking fantastic, but it's about pacing. You have to make things feel important. If your first fucking move in a 30 minute match is you doing a, a summer salt moonsault. Like, I'm, I'm already out, dude. Nothing is going to make yeah. me care about the rest of this. How am I supposed to care yeah. about a suplex or a tight headlock if you've already pulled out four leg drops and yes. fucking six tope suicidas? Like, it doesn't do a whole lot. And Sabu. Should not be wrestling for 30 minutes straight. No. God, no. no. Sabu's max, max match should be eight minutes. Yes. Yeah, I honestly yes. had Car seven crash, get it over with. And get, get the it fuck in out. the fuck out. Eight minutes. Uh, the new Jack should just run it every fucking week. Kill it each other. It should be eight minutes max, time. five minutes of Sandman's entrance. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's go on. This is fucking long, but it doesn't mean it was bad. Uh, yeah. It had its fun moments, right? Sabu did, did a fucking did. triple jump dive into the crowd for fuck's sake. Yeah. It was funny as fuck. <laughs> um, speaking of triple jumps from Sabu, he tried for a triple jump DDT to put RVD through a table and he fucked <laughs> it up. <laughs> surprise, surprise. How does, a table, how does a table break but not break? It's so fucking funny. In this position. I've never seen crack- one person have so many issues with a table as Sabu. And it's this spot exactly. Every time. It is the DDT between the ring apron. He almost and kills America. Rey Mysterio at one of the one night stands. Yeah, he almost like kills his ass. one night stand, I think. He yeah, almost fucking kills him, dude. Yeah. They stretch this match out without knowing how to stretch it out well. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of the moves in the second half mattered. Yeah. Still two and three quarters. See, right there with you, but I was stuck between the two and three quarters, three stars, because, dude, they do beat each other up for 30 (sighs) minutes, no matter how winded they are. But could have been better, could have been half the time, but, I mean, what else are you going to do? Oh, man. 
Man, oh man, oh man. We move on to our main event. Before we get there, we get some promos. We got a Shane Douglas versus Al Snow promo. Douglas has benefited tremendously from Triple Threat being in his corner. Al Snow has a win over the champ from last pay-per-view that we covered. Is this the end of the championship era for the franchise? Asks Joey Styles. We get an Al Snow promo from backstage. He takes fucking forever to get to his point. Um, he says that he's been through... Uh, everything that he's been through has led him to this moment. He's had to scrape for every bit he's gotten while Douglas got it all handed to him. Head told him he's going to win. And then he does this weird laugh. Like, ah! Um, when I tell you when he did that, I felt my blood pressure rise because I realized what time it was. We were at our main event. Shane Douglas with Francine, your ECW World Heavyweight Champion, defending against Al Snow, who was billed with the head in his mm-hmm. corner. Um, fellas. Al Snow, man. What a fucking god in 1998. He comes out to breathe by the prodigy, and it's fucking insane. I don't even know how else to describe it. There are fans in the crowd with two mannequin heads. This is a spectacle. Can you imagine if this went its entire one-hour limit? God. This was my favorite thought that I had. How buff some of these fans would be from shaking their mannequin heads for an hour straight is my favorite thought that I've had in a long time. (laughs) Um, Douglas almost kills himself by diving into the crowd feet first from the top rope. Oh my god, dude. And I was stunned that we we made it to this point. He almost hits the barricade, barely clears it, and then just fucking lands and slips, and it's just a mess. Um, Triple threat interfere, allowing the franchise to hit his belly-to-belly suplex, but it's only a near fall. Head is the only thing keeping Snow in this. Head is empowering Al Snow. Head is the lifeblood of Al Snow. It's casually raining head in the ring throughout this whole match. It's a locker room sellout. Get them all head. Snowplow for a near fall. He didn't do it exclusively on one leg. The coward. Snowplow on Francine. Al Snow is melting everyone with head. He goes for a diving sunset flip from the top that looks like shit. (laughs) Douglas captures the legs and gets the pinfall. The dream has died. Head is no longer what it was. We live in a headless society now. Stunned. Rating. Three stars. Go fuck your mother. Whatever you guys want to talk about. (laughs) The fact that while you're explaining that, I catch my Paul Bear Taker 8x10 in the background. And I'm just thinking that head is the urn to Al Snow. (laughs) Kind of makes me sad. Um, Between the styrofoam rubbing up against each other on multiple heads and the she's got herpes, show your tits chant for the entire match. Two and a quarter and we'll just (laughs) move on. Cortland. I gave it three stars as well, Mike. Yes! I love it. I think it's yes! kind of awesome, man. Uh, I enjoy Al Snow's work in 98, obviously. It just feels super big. The crowd fucking loves it. I'm super entertained after the bullshit that I've just endured for the last half of this uh, pay-per-view. Uh, dude, Shane Douglas, man. Let's just take a minute and uh, let's just celebrate how fucking great Shane Douglas is. Because... If you just watch his work, separate from, like, Al Snow um, and, like, these very serious matches that he's been in for the World Championship, it's some of the best shit you'll see out of pro wrestling. Um, And for him to take this on in his state of looking half dead, 
uh, and he still pulls it off. It takes a few tricks to get this to go home. Uh, you got the whole locker room coming out. You got triple threat coming out for the assistance. Um, but it helps in the end, you know, it helps Al Snow. Uh, and even in his loss, the crowd is still going crazy. There's mannequin head still being thrown. Um, they're still swinging them around. The crowd's just happy in general. They got Al Snow. And I was happy too, man, either way it went. So uh, it's way better of a way. It's way better of a way to send out a pay-per-view than like this rather than your Rob Van Dam or Sabu or fucking God forbid your new Jack and Bam Bam. Ethan. Um, Final one went, for the night, bud. Make, his, make it count. I'll make it count. I went two and a quarter. I'm down here with Casey on it. Um, I thought it was good. Um, I'm not going to shit on it, to your surprise. Um, the entrance was great. This was the perfect way to cap off the show. This was the perfect match for them to run. There's nothing I can really complain about about it. You know, it's what they needed to do. Crowd's hot for head. And they were hot afterwards. Uh, you know, they were deflated when he lost, but they were still, you know, they're still invested. They weren't let down by head. They were let down by the results of the match. Yeah. Because so, it just know, felt were... like a chapter, you know? It yeah, didn't exactly. feel like it was exactly. an end. Um, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Two and a quarter from me. And I don't mean that with any disrespect. Yeah. To end the night, the ECW locker room lift both men to celebrate their match. The blue canvas has been replaced by off-white mannequin heads. Douglas won the battle, but head will always prevail. There we go. Um, and that is how... Holy shit. Good That's boy. how we end Wrestlepalooza 1998. Oh my um, god, dude. Getting, uh, getting... How do I word this? Uh, don't y'all think this is a very good idea? This is the only Wrestlepalooza they did. Yeah. Yes. They, they had, like... It was like 97, 96, I thought. No, so, so if there was additionals prior to that, they were just events. They Not pay-per-views, right? Yeah, this is the only... Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. They're like the special one-offs that they uh, had on yeah, uh, right. cable. Yeah, they had 95, 97, 98, and 2000. The 2000? 2000's main event was Tommy Dreamer, Dusty Rhodes, The Sandman, and New Jack versus Steve Carino, Jack Victory, Rhino, and Yoshihiro Tajiri in a street fight. What, what a mess. The fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> fast forward. I hope, I hope we have to watch that. I hope. You no, don't want to fast forward through next week. Next week is, are, are we at Ethan? Stay. You cut we out arrive at, a little bit. Do we, we arrive at Ethan's day? Yes, it's my day. Yeah, it's his oh, day. buddy. Let's see. Let me scroll up. Let's see. We've talked. Can I so run down much. the car? Please, please. So, Ethan, what are, what are you choosing for your birthday podcast? Um, real quick, I just wanted to, to put it out there before you say anything. Um, my birthday was the most recent, and the the episode that I chose was to cover um, what was it? That's right, AEW Full Gear and do Dynamite. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> I've never seen Casey make that face in my life. Unfortunately, so wrong. All of it disappeared. Randomly, got deleted. Fucking that happened again. I don't know. Oh man! So so next week for Ethan's birthday special, we are doing what, Ethan? We're gonna do something that's not a terrible show. We're gonna do 
PWG's Don't Sweat the Technique from April 3rd, 2015. Um, I'm going to run down the card real quick. Uh, in your opener, you got Brian Cage versus Biff Busick. Then you've got Trevor Lee, who is on a hot-ass streak at this point on the Indies, going against Mike Bailey, who's making his PWG debut. And there's just a spot in this that I guarantee you each one of you will screech, and I'll hear you from all your homes. Um, then we have then we have Candice LeRae and a piece of shit I won't name going against the Beaver Boys, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Then a match I think we're all going to look forward to. Chris Hero versus Tommy End. They run 20 yep. minutes. Um, it's Tommy End's first match in PWG in America. He wrestled there in 06 when they went to Germany. So this is like a big this starts him working there literally until he gets signed to WWE. Um, and then you got ACH versus Tommaso Ciampa. You've got Ethan Page and Josh Alexander versus Matt Seidel and Chris Saban. Co-main event, Ricochet versus Andrew Everett. And then the main event, one of my favorite matches, Roderick Strong and a fucking hottest run of his career defending against Zack Sabre Jr. for the PWG World Championship. I have seen that match. We're set oh, up for success with that. I have seen that exclusive, that match. I haven't seen anything else from this event, though. I think I've, oh, seen, well, bits, I have seen, that match. I think I've seen bits of Hero versus I saw Ed Roger before. Strong for a grip in that time frame. Oh, yeah. It was like, like one gonna... of the only indie wrestlers that I was like truly invested in. It was like him and Tommy End. You're going to really find stuff on here that you're going to like. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there's this is a really, really fun show. Um, just to cover the week after that, so you guys kind of know what's on deck for ECW, we get to Heat Wave 1998. That was a right. good show. That's so a really excited. good show. It's one of my favorites. You get um, Jerry Lynn versus Just Incredible with Ugh. Chastity, Jason, and Nicole Bass in his corner. We get Lance Storm versus Chris Candido with Sonny. Ethan, we get a Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome match. We're there. We get the ECW World Tag Team Championships being defended. Rob Van Dam and Sabu are your champions, taking on Jinsei Shinzaki and Hayabusa. We get an FTW Heavyweight Title uh, False Count Anywhere match. Taz defending against Bam Bam Bigelow. Okay. And we get oh, a, yeah. a six-man tag team street fight. Spike Dudley, the Sandman, and Tommy Dreamer versus the Dudleys. Which is Big Dick Dudley, Bubba, Bubba, Ray Dudley, Bubba. and Devon with Jeff Jones, Joel Gertner, and Sign Guy Dudley in their corner. Um, aside from that main event, which is probably going to be dog shit ass cheeks, butt farts, it went 15 minutes. Not the longest of the night. Um, in fact, it's right in the middle of yeah. like lengthwise. Um, your tag team match goes longest at 21 minutes. Um, I think it's looking fucking promising, fellas. Yeah. I think so too. I'm very excited for the next two weeks. Oh man, man. Oh, Same. Man. And uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, we haven't really figured out how we're going to do it, uh, but we think we're going to be able to do a watch along uh, live and actually be able to put it on screen so that way people can also see it as well. Hopefully, uh, we're able to pull that off here probably the next, I'd say like two months or so. Um, so look out for that. I'm really excited for what we're going to do. Um, it's definitely a different 
style is definitely a different company than we've covered before. I'm really excited to dive into those. There's a lot of good stuff um, that we haven't done yet. So I'm really pumped to do that and do it with everyone watching with us. Yep. So we can get raw reactions and you can join in the chat and tell us what you love, what you hate about it and what you want us to do after that. Yeah, it'll be a blast. Uh, fellas, do y'all have anything else that you wanted to add before I get us on out of here? Feeling good? Feeling good? I know Ethan is a 75-year-old man. He's trying to go to bed soon. Um, again, if you want to talk to us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Up and Over Pod. From there, you can find all of our personal social medias. Um, unfortunately, we missed Patty today. He's just been on excursion uh, trying to abandon Scientology and just dive into the religion known as pinballing. Um, so happy for him. Um, up and over pod.com to get all your merchandise, hats, shirts, long sleeves, fanny packs, hopefully pit vipers. will figure it out. Mugs, whatever you want, go on there and buy it. It helps us out. You heard Ethan talk about it before between these pay-per-views and his work life, buy some merch, help us out to not have to work. Um, fellas, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another edition of the up and over podcast. For Pat, who's not here, for Casey, for Cortland, for Ethan, I am Mike. We appreciate you sticking around, and we hope to see you back next week. Enjoy your week, y'all. Fuck Doug Furness.